Hello, everybody, and welcome to Got Your Back NHL Edition. LeBron and Rashog. Oh, we got a great interview for you today, folks. Trevor Zegris of the Anaheim Ducks. Dynamic, skilled, filled with personality. One of the bright young stars in the National Hockey League, and we had a lot of fun with him today. We talked about some stuff on the ice, but also dug into a lot of off-ice things, asked him a lot of questions to get to know him a little bit better. Trevor Zegris, awesome guest today, and we were so thrilled to have him. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Got your back NHL brought to you by Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals. Cross Country Canada was started back in 2014. Just four pipeline pals who wanted to offer rentals and supplies to the industry that they were so passionate about. With just a garage and a folding table, they came up with their idea. They used their connections, and they built a big, successful company. They actually sold it. But you know what? They realized they loved what they did too much. So they bought it back a couple of years later. And they're so proud of the fact that Cross Country Canada is now 100% Canadian-owned, operated, 100% Canadian employees. They've got multiple locations across Western Canada, over 100 employees, and have diversified into every area of the construction industry. Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, our title sponsor here on Got Your Back NHL Edition. As we say, good morning. To Pierre Lebrun. How are we doing this morning, Pierre? You're a little under the weather, my friend. I'm uh, I'm gonna play through it here, buddy. You gotta, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you have your best games when you're under the weather. So you're, you're playing hurt, uh, eh? I'm playing hurt. Something something going through. Uh, one of my kids has it as well, but. Uh, as I told her, better now than uh, at Christmas time. Yeah, no kidding. Everybody's got, man, it ripped through our house too. And I'm not sure if it's, I don't know if it's because we were all protecting ourselves so much through COVID or our systems have gotten soft. I don't know what's going on. I feel like this thing hammered me, like absolutely hammered me. Right. And everybody else is feeling the same. Yeah, that's okay. We'll power through though, buddy. For sure we will. Loved our conversation with Trevor Zegers. Eh? How much fun is this young guy? Like... Just so good spirited and and so much fun. Yeah, really well spoken and uh, terrific personality. I've not really had the chance to talk to him in that way. You know, you think about the pandemic and everyone in a bubble and dressing rooms haven't been open until this year. You know, that, that's not that's not a room that I've been in uh, yeah. since he's been an NHLer. So it was great to have that chat with him and and for him to sort of hear us with our old. Or old dad questions. I, I, I the way I would call it. <laughs> your, yeah, your dad questions. Although I have, I've yeah, got te- I got kids that write, are writing around his age too. So I guess you know what. In fairness, I asked some dad questions too. I'm pretty sure I asked him if he did his dishes today. I don't know if you get more of a dad question than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I hope that people enjoy the interview you had with him. I mean, I think the highlight for me was telling him that I played EA Sports Hockey. 93 94 version yeah yeah exactly he was kind of the hartford whalers were in the game back then right yeah yeah. he was like there were video games back then by the way we also asked him who he plays with when he plays the game and his answer might surprise you or it might not so that's coming up in our who's got your back segment uh before that though we want to uh here's what we're going to do today quickly all seven canadian teams in action last night we're going to rip through a quick update on all seven canadian teams and where they're at and we're also going to examine some of the streaky teams 
in the National Hockey League right now. It's a streaky point in time in the NHL. So let's get that done. That is the breakdown. Brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. Hockey fans, Pro Hockey Life is the place to go to get yourself outfitted with your favorite team gear, your favorite sweater, whether it's your favorite player's name and number. You could even throw your name on there if you wanted to. They've got an awesome selection of team apparel, and it doesn't end at jerseys. I was in there a couple of weeks ago. A huge range of hats and t-shirts, souvenirs, everything you need for yourself or for the huge hockey fan in your life. They also do an awesome job with custom skate sharpenings. Uh, they make sure you get your wheels exactly how you want them. They've got 16 locations across the country. Pro Hockey Life, like you, like us, is obsessed with the game. All right, let's go around the horn here uh, in Canada. Pierre talking about some of the Canadian teams in action last night. Uh, no particular order. We're not doing this geographically. We're just going to start picking off some stories. And let's begin with the Calgary Flames. I'm not sure they've won mm. a game since we had Brad Tree living on the podcast, which does, doesn't... I, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. It doesn't bode well He's for us. He's never going to come on again. Uh, yeah. I know. So six straight losses. Uh, five... Man, just a heart. Jonathan Huberto's got a goal and, and five assists for six points. Only 20 shots on net through 11 games played here. Jacob Markstrom in his last five has really been struggling. Pierre... Uh, man, they're really having a hard time getting this thing back on track. Six straight losses. So, and here's the interesting thing. You may remember that I called myself out a couple of weeks ago because I thought the Flames would struggle in the opening month. And I was surprised when they came out of the gate so strongly in the couple of weeks because I just felt when you move such important pieces of your core and the guys who play the most minutes on your team and replace them with guys playing a lot of minutes – to me, in the history of this, you've seen those teams take a while to find their sea legs. And so in the first couple of weeks, I'm like, well, there goes that theory. I mean, I think Calgary was what, like 4-0 or 4-1 to start the year? Um, but now I think we're seeing exactly what I thought was going to happen right out of the gate, which is a team that's trying to find its new identity with all these different pieces having moved. And, and, and I think that's, that should happen. It shouldn't be that easy to change your core and, and, and just take off. So um, I, I think they'll turn the corner here. Obviously the injury of the Huberto is, is a bit of a concern. I, I did send a text uh, to a flame source last night who said they think it's a short term type injury. So they don't think it's too serious, um, but certainly noteworthy. Jacob Markstrom in his last five games, Oh, three and two with an 882 save percentage, uh, has really struggled after a pretty good start for him. All right, on to the Ottawa Senators. Deadpool was in the building last night. Really cool moment. Yeah. I mean, you know, they break the news on uh, Jimmy Fallon, or, or he confirms publicly for the first time that, that, yes, he is looking into it, that he needs to find a sugar mama or a sugar daddy to help him, you know, put a deal together in what sounds like will be a competitive a buying opportunity for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, 6-4 loss to the Vancouver Canucks he witnessed after a nice standing ovation. What do you make of this whole Ryan Reynolds, Ottawa Senators thing, Pierre? It feels like this can't be anything but good for the league if it happens. Well, the NHL loves this. Like, there isn't a single executive in the head office in New York and the head office in Toronto who isn't doing cartwheels over having the NHL even associated with the Hollywood A-lister like Ryan Reynolds. Like, come I'm on. kidding. This never happened with hockey. Like, this is phenomenal for the league. Uh, although, 
at some point, as Ryan Reynolds perhaps gets more serious about being up for money and trying to be one of the bidders, my guess is he'll hear from uh, Gary Bettman. And Gary Bettman... He was in the building last know, night, Ryan, too. Well, well, Gary Bettman's not big on prospective owners being too public about their desire to buy a team. You may remember yes. this. Jim Baltilli. Yes. And his, his attempt to buy uh, Arizona. Um you know, even Oren Coolis and Len Berry and Tampa, rear outspoken owners, or Oren Coolis was anyway, um, his own Hollywood background with Oren. Um, you know, those were guys that were harder to handle for, for Batman. So that's the one thing that I wonder after the love in here is whether Ryan Reynolds gets a bit of a, a text at some point saying, yeah, okay, like, hey, cool your jets there. Be careful cool. what you say here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Slow your roll. Be careful what you say from your end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By um, the way, I thought it was interesting that Ryan, Ryan Reynolds pretended to be so upset every time the Canucks scored in Ottawa last night. I know. Like what? he's from Vancouver too. Oh, like, yeah. come on. Well, yeah. I, it, 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 it'd be a great story if it were to happen, but as, as uh, it has been reported, uh, probably be fairly competitive and he's going to need a little bit of help. Alex to uh, just two goals in 12 games. Has 11 points, though. The Senators are 4, 8, and 0. Oh, and the Ottawa Senators currently sitting in 8th place in the Atlantic. Let's. No, that's, cr- uh, before we move on quickly, that that's. I, I got to tell you something. That, that's a, a really brutal start for a team that had big time aspirations this year. Not big time, as in they're definitely going to make the playoffs, but the Senators really saw themselves as a team that was going to take that step, kind of like what we're seeing with, you know, with, with Detroit and New Jersey, et cetera. And the senators being mired in this, uh, in this winless streak right now is really not well accepted in that market, by the way. So keep an eye The GM Pierre did speak to the media yesterday, but yeah, the um, DJ Smith, stuff I here, think- like the DJ Smith stuff. He, yeah, he gets asked the question. He said, DJ Smith's our, our, our coach. I don't really read into a lot to what they actually say publicly to the media. I what's real behind the scenes right. to me is always very different. What's your true sense of the coaching stability? I, my, my true sense is, yeah, my true sense is that Pierre Dorian does not want to fire DJ Smith now. Yeah, you know, ask me again in a couple of weeks if they haven't won a game. Um, I, I think what it does though, it puts even more pressure on Pierre Dorian Ryan to bolster his blue line which was a story before the season even started that they needed to bolster that blue line. That's why all the Jacob Tricken talk is out there. But I think that the pressure really is on the GM, I think, to, to make a trade. And it's hard to make a trade at this time of year. No question. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks almost blew another lead last night playing against those Ottawa Senators. They win 6-4. to four. So they're now 4-6-3. and three. Uh, Bo Horvat is definitely catching fire they were looking for somebody to grab this thing and run with it they needed their leaders to lead and emerge Bo Horvat has two goals in four of his last five games the pressure is still not off though in Vancouver um, where the record is not anywhere near what they would like it to be the Canucks currently in sixth place in the Pacific so Bo Horvat is playing so well that I think he's playing himself out of Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're the Canucks and you're not a playoff team, and who knows, there's still lots of hockey to be played, but if we get January 1st and the Canucks are not sitting in a playoff spot or, or anywhere close, Boy Horvat remains without a contract extension, 
they don't have a choice. I mean, they got to market him, right? Uh, I mean, 27 years old, uh, two-way center, man, oh, man, like the, that's the kind of asset that you turn into the kind of assets that the Canucks need uh, as they retool this thing. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, I, I don't understand, you know, they signed JT Miller, which, yep. which I didn't quite get at the time. But I don't know how you can really justify extending Bo Horvat other than he's an awesome hockey player and he's your captain. But if more of the same is not getting you where you need to as a team, uh, yeah. like, like I just think so. I think it's it's a fascinating story that a he remains without an extension. He's scoring lights out, and you know I think they're going to move him. Um. Bruce Boudreaux, like those comments from Jimmy Rutherford. <laughs> Jimmy Rutherford's been around a long time. He knows exactly, you know, the, the fire he's lighting when he does what he went out and did. So it just feels like, I mean, long term, there's just no, no way that this remains a fit with Bruce Boudreaux. Really, it's, it seems a, a matter of when as opposed to if at this point. What did you make of Rutherford's comments and, and what it means for Boudreaux? Yeah, and what was interesting to me, I guess, is that, and I think it was in a Sportsnet radio interview, right, Jim Rutherford on yep. Monday. That was like eight days after I had an interview with Jim Rutherford. And all I can tell you is that the tone in my interview with Jim Rutherford eight days prior was quite different than the tone that you could hear in that interview. In other words, within eight days, I think Jim Rutherford uh, – has run out of a bit of patience here with, with what he's seen. Yeah. Which tells you about, I think, the pressure in that market to, to figure this out. And, um, you know, if we know anything about Jim Rutherford and his history, now, again, he's not the GM, Patrick Alvita is, but is that uh, he doesn't wait too long to start making moves when he's not happy with what he's seeing. So that feels like the first Canadian market where we should get some major news here at, at some point over the next uh, month or so. Edmonton Oilers fourth in the Pacific, 8-6-0. They snap a three-game losing skid with a 3-2 win over Tampa Bay. Scary, scary scene with Evander Kane. The way he hopped up, holding his wrist, headed off the ice, you know, yelling for help. They blew it down, even though he got himself off the ice. Everybody was so jarred by what happened there. Now, the good news is, is, is Kane was well looked after, taken to hospital. He is okay. It's a deep cut on his wrist. Pierre, that one is just, that one just cut. That's a tough one to see. You just never want to see it, and, and it pops up here and there every couple of years, and it just scares the heck out of you. It, it, it's the scariest thing there is. And... Um, you know, glad to see that he's doing well, and uh, and you know, I, I thought aside from that, the way the Oilers reacted within that game, yeah. uh, you know, was pretty impressive. Um, you know, playing shorthanded and uh, and gutting. I think it was the first win in Tampa since two thousand nine. Is that right? Yeah, thirteen years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a that was a pretty gutsy win by the Oilers on the road. Jack Campbell. I was the one that asked him the question after the last game where he responded with pathetic to describe his own play mm. so far this season. You know, while he was in Toronto, he, he would often do this as well, just be really, really hard on himself. Uh, 
He bounced back. 35 saves was really solid in that game. Certainly not a pathetic performance. But uh, interesting that he was that hard on himself, Pierre, and important that he bounced back. And I think it's why he's so popular in, in with his teammates, both when he was in Toronto and, and now in Edmonton, is that he's super accountable. You know, he sort of singles himself out when he's not playing well, and I think teammates love that honesty about him. But I thought he was outstanding last night, and especially in the last two minutes. Yeah. I mean, Stamkos and Kucherov got some looks. And uh, he was in the perfect spot, not just to make the save, but absorb puck and then allow any rebounds in those situations. That's really what Tampa was looking for: is to create traffic. And 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 uh, was Jack Campbell's finest moment as an Oiler, I think. Ho hum for Connor McDavid, leading the league: fourteen goals, fifteen assists, twenty-nine points. Leon Drysaddle second, nine seventeen. For 26, the Winnipeg Jets, three straight wins, seven straight games with points, 7-2-1 in their last 10 games, a 5-1 win over the Dallas Stars. They are leading the Central. Really nice start here for Winnipeg. And I, I don't know about you, but I had no sense of the Jets coming into this year. I couldn't put my finger on how I thought the year would go for them. Um you know, usually with the coaching change, you do boost and Rick Bonus everywhere he goes has had that kind of positive effect. So I certainly thought that, but then taking the ski off Lake Wheeler and like, where is that whole thing at? And does Mark Shifley want to be a jet that long or Pierre Luc Dubois? There just were so many things swirling there that I thought to myself, is this going to be a disaster or is it going to be okay? And yeah, look at, look at what's happening. It's interesting. Um, they're playing really good hockey. Mark Scheifele, uh with a couple of goals, uh, has eight now on the season. Toronto Maple Leafs, third in the Atlantic, 7-4-3, and three, a 4-3 overtime loss to Vegas. 5-2-3 and three in their last 10, Pierre. Riley Smith with a really nice overtime winner in that game last night where ah, the Leafs tried to get themselves back into it, but kind of some mistakes late that cost them. Yeah, defensive mistakes, and we've seen that all year from that team. The Leafs have had a pretty good stretch here before that loss. They still got a point against league-leading Vegas, but, uh, you know, wins over Boston and Carolina, and then a decent effort against Vegas. So that's quieted the storm here in Toronto for now. Um, obviously, the story is still what's going to happen with their goaltending. Um, positive news uh, in terms of Matt Murray supposed to join his teammates for a first full practice today uh, in Toronto, and also the fact that Ilya Samsonov was seen – uh, working with the goalie coach on the ice yesterday, even though he's termed still week to week. I mean, obviously, if he's able to work on the ice, that there's got to be some positive in that. So really, for the Leafs, it's also about just trying to get these guys back in net here to, to stabilize that situation. Tough finish on the night for Mitch Marner, who, if you didn't see, scored a nice goal, had a phenomenal assist, really good night for him, made a big impact on the game, but was one of the two that got split on the winning goal uh, in overtime. Austin Matthews, uh, six goals, eight assists, 14 points. I mean, those aren't numbers to, you know, to shake a stick at, but this is Austin Matthews. This is the reigning MVP. Uh, six goals, 66 shots. He's shooting 9.1%. His career is 16. Where are you at on the way Matthews is playing overall? I, I don't have a concern there. I, I honestly think the numbers will all end up being to where we thought they'd be with them by the end of the year. Um, I know that people want to look at that, but but honestly, he started a slow year ago too. So yeah, 
I, I don't think that's the story for me. All right, Montreal Canadiens, 6-6-1. Six, six, They're seventh in the Atlantic. A 3-2 shootout win over the Detroit Red Wings. Nick Suzuki, uh, you know, known as uh, a pretty decent two-way player here, but he's showing some really nice offensive chops this year as well. I keep thinking every time I see him uh, doing what he's doing, he started. He scored an awesome shootout goal too Yeah, in that game in Detroit. Can you imagine Nick Suzuki as a number two center in Vegas behind Jack Eichel? <laughs> I mean, and again, it's, it's not like you can criticize Vegas. What are they, 12 and two now? I mean, yeah, exactly. Amazing. But that is the one move because Vegas has chased going back to the cup final from the get-go. Boy, Nick Suzuki, that's that's the way out of Vegas, I think. They uh, chase everything. Yeah, I mean, the thing for the Habs is that Positive last night for Montreal was that until last night, the only guys scoring were uh, Suzuki and Caulfield for that team. They need to find more. And so for Mike Hoffman to get a couple and to get offense from another line was a positive thing. But, uh, you know, the Habs gave up so many days defensively. It's going to be one of those years where Artie St. Louis is going to try and develop the offensive mindset of that team, and they're going to be fun to watch. But, man, they give up a lot on the other end. Holy jumping. Jake Allen was unbelievable last night. He was stopped 41 of 43, did Jake Allen. All right, that uh, wraps up our round the horn as far as the Canadian teams go. I wanted to go streaking with you, though, Pierre. Uh, A lot of teams really streaky right now in the National Hockey League. I'm just going to read off some of these streaks. You tell me which ones stand out to you after the fact. All right. Ten teams are on five-game streaks of one description or another. Vegas, eight straight wins. St. Louis, eight straight losses. New Jersey, seven straight wins. Winnipeg, seven straight games with points. Pittsburgh, seven straight losses. Calgary, six straight losses. Ottawa, six straight losses. Seattle, five straight wins. Washington, five straight losses. Columbus, five straight losses. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, maybe we start with the St. Louis Blues because after winning their first three of the year, the wheels have completely come tumbling off. Uh, I don't know what level of DEFCON they're at there, but it has to be pretty significant. Well, and and that's an actual losing streak. Yes. They, they have lost eight games in regulation, which is almost unheard of in today's league. Yeah, like, four like straight or one or two goal losses as well. Four straight. Yeah, like Pittsburgh, I think, is on a seven-game winless streak, although they only have one point. So Pittsburgh's almost in a similar situation. You know, I... I wrote a piece in the Athletic Monday talking to Ron Hextall, who really believes the Penguins are going to turn this around. But I tied the, these three teams together. These three teams that have all they've done for 15 years is win games. St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Now, Washington's not in as dire a situation compared to Pittsburgh and, uh, and St. Louis, but they're not, you know, they're not playing great hockey, right? And, and w- when you tie these three teams together, and by the way, Pittsburgh's in Washington tonight, it, it, it's about how far can you extend that window? I mean, think about how many years the Blues, Wins, and the Caps have been competitive. Yeah. Like, it's been forever. And and it just, I think, takes it, it's told, no matter how smart you are, and these teams have been really smart, that you can't do it forever in, in the cap system. Plus, you've got teams, finally, after all these draft picks, that are trying to push up. New Jersey Devils are trying to push up this year. Detroit, Buffalo. Um, uh, and so how do you hang in if you're Pittsburgh, Washington, St. Louis? I got to tell you, 
I would have never predicted that the St. Louis Blues would lose eight games in a row here in the opening month of the season. Yeah, I, I didn't see a precipice for them like like we're seeing right now. I didn't think they were a top five top contender either, but I thought they were a playoff team. And you know, Doug Armstrong had a long, like a twenty-seven minute, I think, media session last week. Uh, they've lost three games since then. Yeah. I mean, he, he like he warned everyone there are going to be changes, and um, you know I think I'm going to write about this today for the Athletic. But there's a team that didn't think they'd be sellers that now may have to be sellers, and there's two obvious pending UFAs. One is Vladimir Tarasenko, who has a full no trade, so that's a bit more complicated. But the other guy has zero no trade protection. Is Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah, pending UFA July first. I gotta tell you, I mean. You're a Stanley Cup contender, and Ryan O'Reilly is available closer to March 3rd. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, that, that's a piece right there. Just a couple of goals, no assists. So that's it in 11 yeah, games. Yeah, he's not playing great at all. And he's minus 12 right now. Different role on this team than, than on the cup-winning team, right? His role has changed, but still, two goals and minus 12 for Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, are you more impressed with the Boston Bruins this year or – the Vegas Golden Knights. When you think about what the narratives were heading into the season, right? We wondered about Vegas and their goaltending and ew, what what would it look like? And the Boston Bruins and their injuries, well, never mind. For both of these teams, they're both just blowing the doors off. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm equally impressed by both teams because, well, let me put it this way. I guess technically I'm more impressed by Boston because I really thought they were really battling father time. It's funny. We just talked about Washington, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis. I would have really thought Boston would be in that situation, given that Brad Marchand was supposed to be a longer than he ended up being. Yeah. You know, Patrice Bergeron comes back for another year. What's he going to be like? David Krejci comes back. It just felt like the Bruins were really trying to push this thing. I think it's phenomenal, uh, you know, what they've done on the ice. And um, and we'll see if it's if – it's, if there's sustainability for the rest of the year. But um, Vegas, I mean, to be honest, you know, Vegas led the league in man games, lost to injury last year. Like, there had to be some positive regression just to be, have healthy bodies, right? Yeah. But the wild card is that Logan Thompson and goal. I mean, Robin Leonard's not there. And so we got a glimpse of Logan Thompson last year, played for Canada, the World Championships. But what do you really have there in goal? And uh, so far, I think that's been answered. Yeah, no question about it. Um, by the way, just doubling right back to St. Louis, uh, any sense that Barubi might be hot seating in that uh, situation? I mean, he signed an extension just last year. Yeah. Uh, Doug Armstrong, the GM, really f- seemed to be as strong as can be even publicly. I know your point is it's one thing what a GM will say publicly and then what he really yeah. feels behind the scenes. But I felt that was pretty genuine from Doug Armstrong about the coach not being the issue. So, yeah, I, and 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 I hope that more GMs think that way because it shouldn't always be the only answer is to fire the coach. Yeah, and I, what's happened in the cap era since two thousand five is that teams in the first half of the year are so paralyzed by the inability to make trades or at least trades of, of significance because of the cap. You know, as you get closer to the trade deadline, the cap number comes down and becomes there's a little more stability. But it shouldn't always be that shouldn't always be the answer, other than 
GMs answer the ownership, right? Very and true. So and something has to. Yeah. yeah, sitting on your hands sometimes looks bad for the GM. It is the easiest thing to do, and it sometimes can jar a real change. I mean, I think it happens often, Pierre, also because it does kind of work a lot of times. I mean, a lot of times, regardless of whether it's the wrong guy out and the right guy in, sometimes the change. Uh, look at the Oilers last season, the way it turned around after the coaching change they made. And maybe that one had to happen. But uh, sometimes it's the first thing that happens because it's the fastest, quickest way to spark some sort of significant change. So a few coaches on the hot seat here in the opening month of the half of the season. Um, we'll definitely keep an eye on them. Uh, Quizmaster will be angry at both of us if I don't finally bring up Jesper Bratt. Uh, points in 12 of 13. He's got 18 points as sort of one of those secret superstars. Would that be a good label for him? Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, um, on a team where I think, you know, people think of Jack Hughes and Nico Ischia right off the bat. Yep. But he's he's a guy that deserves more recognition. And I was talking to a GM the other day about the Devils, you know, and what, we, what we're seeing. And he just said, let me tell you, they are so fast. Oh man! They just come back, and and listen, the underlying numbers for this team last year weren't bad. Even though they ended up being a sixty-three point team, they couldn't get a save. And it's not that their goaltending's been great this year either, by the way. Mm-hmm. But they just needed to be around average, literally around average for the rest of their skill set uh, to let them do what they can do. And in fact, Mackenzie Blackwood injured now three to six weeks with the MCL. Although the doubles front office i can tell you we're actually relieved uh, ryan that it wasn't a more serious injury for mackenzie blackwood so yeah laying in there with vanacek with uh, vtech vanacek for now 73 points 26 goals last season for jesper bratt 5 13 and 18 in 13 games so far this year the devils were through edmonton here uh last week and i mean exact same thought so fast and lindy ruff has those guys playing like Man, he's got those guys going. From the fire Lindy chats at the start of the year, then you watch this team and the way they play, that's coach-induced. Like, I've never seen Thomas Tatar right. play the game the way he's playing the game right now. Uh, and that has to be, in large part, coach-induced. And that's an interesting thing, because Lindy Ruff is a pending UFA. Uh, his deal expires at the end of the year. He's one of the few coaches left, actually, Yeah, with a, a, an expiring deal. But they brought in Andrew Burnett, right? Uh, to be part of his staff, and and obviously Lindy's on totally on board with that. So you kind of get the sneaking feeling. I mean, Andrew Burnett was a Jack Adams finalist last year. Yeah, he probably had more than one. My guess is he had more than one offer out there as far <laughs> as joining a coaching staff. So kind of feels like this could be a transition year where Andrew Burnett maybe takes over next year. Yeah, but boy, I don't know. What if the Devils go deep in the playoffs? Maybe you bring back Lindy Ruff. Yeah, the succession plan could be in place. Or, I don't know if you watch succession, but uh, the... the yeah, I love that show. The old guy just won't let go. So maybe, maybe that's what we'll end up seeing uh, in Jersey with Lindy Ruff. Uh, okay, awesome stuff. That was a breakdown brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. All right, time to get to the interview portion of the podcast today. 
Who's got your back? And it's brought to you by Liberty Smart Security. This is a company that specializes in having your back. High quality, advanced smart security systems for your home or your business. Liberty Smart Security uses leading edge technology to protect the things that you value the most in your life. Your home is your castle. Protect it with Liberty Smart Security. Visit them at libertysecurity.ca. I've been using a Liberty Smart Security system to protect my family for the last six years, and the systems really are awesome. They're as intuitive uh, as you would want. They could be as advanced as you want. There's all sorts of cool technology that if you're a tech-type person, which I know you are not, Pierre, uh, you can get into geofences for your security system to kick in and out. You can get into all sorts of cool stuff. Or it can be really simple. Doors that lock and unlock, alarms that set and are easy to unset, uh, monitoring video cameras. Uh, de- definitely highly recommend Liberty Smart Security to protect the things that matter the most to you. All right. We're really happy to get Trevor Zegris on. Scored a really nice shootout goal the other night, Pierre. Uh, full skill is on display. I, I talked to Dallas Akins ahead of this interview, and one of the things that Aikens said to me is that he feels like in, in some ways maybe this player is still a little bit misunderstood. This sense out there that there's mm. a level of cockiness about him that really is just him being himself, and it doesn't come from that sort of place. And as we had a chance to talk to him, uh, you just get the sense, like he says what's on his mind and, and is just as carefree as it gets. Yeah, and one of the things that I hope uh, and his personality just really shone through with that interview with us is that he doesn't lose too much of that as time goes on. Yeah, You know, the sport still, to me, has a branding issue at times where as the players get older, they don't want to say as many things. They want to stay within the box and be careful. And it's always hurt the NHL more than sports, in my opinion. So I hope that Trevor Zegers continues to be what we saw in this interview and what we've seen in other interviews of him shine through that way because I think he's got a lot to give. Presented by Liberty Smart Security, here's Trevor Zegers. All right, fresh out of a team meeting at the Great Park Practice uh, Ice Rink in California, forward Trevor Zegers. Uh, Trevor, I don't know what the meeting was about. I don't expect you to tell me, but did, did you come through unscathed or did you did you find yourself in any video clips today? Always on the wrong end of those clips. You know that. <laughs> um, no, all good stuff. So, game yeah. 12, I'm just getting ready for it. Listen, I, I was looking at your guys' schedule right now, and this is a rare, nice little pocket you're in. So you played on Sunday, two days off. You play Wednesday, two days off. You play Saturday, two days off, and you play Tuesday, and all of that is at home. Like th- This is like a little gift in the early season from the schedule maker just in terms of getting a bit of breathing room and, and some you know a few days away from the rink. Yeah, I mean, we need it for sure. Um, we had the back-to-back, flew in from San Jose, got in late, 6 o'clock game. Um, so we've been, uh, I don't want to say pretty tired, but definitely kind of going through uh, some tough stretches. So it's really nice to, to be at home and, like you said, have some days off for sure. Seven goals to start the year, Trevor. And uh, But one thing I'm noticing from the games I've watched, and I was, I was at MSG uh, last month uh, for your game there in New York, but, uh, seems to be a lot of effort too on the other side of the puck from, from your end. Is that a, a point of emphasis for you as you continue to grow your game here this year? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's something I guess I just didn't feel as confident. Um, I guess in last season, um, was, I guess being efficient in my end and, um, 
obviously I'm playing with two unbelievable players and Adam Henrik and Frank Petrano who are great in our end and make it real easy for me. And um, it helps when you got John Gibson making windmill saves almost every other shot. Um, so I'm just trying to do my part and be in the right spots and help my, my teammates out for sure. Yeah, sometimes the evolution, you know, of offensive players is kind of, you know, understanding that a goal saved against is everybody's valuable is going and putting one in at the other end. And, you know, plus minus is a stat that I don't know how much you put into it, but, you know, minus 21 last year. And then you look at where you're at right now, Trevor, you're, you're an even player right now. Did that stat bother you? And how notable is it in your game that you're, you're sitting at even right now? The, the plus minus is so funny because it's one of those stats that, if you can really look into that number, it might not mean a whole lot, but it definitely stings when you're minus 21 and yeah. minus 15. <laughs> um, and it's definitely uh, one that you joke around with with the guys in the locker room, I guess, before the game. So it is nice to be sitting at um, even or whatever you said. But, um, yeah, it definitely didn't sit well being minus 21 last year, that's for sure. That, that's a much better number on the PGA Tour. The <laughs> Uh, we know that your your roommates are Jamie Drysdale, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how he's doing. Really tough news that we got last week uh, out four to six months with the shoulder injury. What's that like for for your teammate or roommate right now? Yeah, man, devastating. Um, on such a nothing hit too. Um, he's such a tough kid that like he he didn't even wasn't even really rattled by it. And, driving to the rink the next day we, we weren't sure kind of where it was going to go and uh we were playing the lease which is obviously his hometown team and he told everybody that he was playing um and then obviously getting the diagnosis that um the, the labrum was pretty much torn right off that um we couldn't believe that he was even thinking that or wasn't even in that much pain so uh the kid's yeah. definitely a warrior and um it's obviously tough to see one of your best buddies kind of going through that but um we got a great group and we're all here to support him and anything that he needs, we're there for him. So it's all good. Okay. So, so I'm going to hold you to that. Anything he needs, you're there for him. Yeah. Yours roommate, yours roommate and shoulder surgery is not something that uh, is easy to, to recover from. So what extra duties around the place are you willing to take up while he's going to be laid up here for a little while? Cause you know, there's things that need to get done. I got to carry all the waters up from the, from downstairs. <laughs> So mostly anything that has to do with carrying upper body, any of that stuff, I gotta, I gotta take the, I guess the, the load of that. Some cleaning maybe, or some like, uh, no. you, know, you gotta do his laundry or. No, 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 none of that. Or at least he hasn't asked me to do that yet. <laughs> That's coming. That might be coming next. Honestly, we're, we're still kind of, I guess, fresh into that injury. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I remember reading a story, speaking of you and, and, and Jamie, that uh, after the World Juniors, uh, I guess it was January 21 when uh, Team USA won gold. I think that was in, in the bubble in Edmonton. And um, yeah. the Kings and the Ducks got together and flew all their their players home from the World Juniors on the same plane because we're you know yeah. back and where everyone's worried about COVID and everything. And so I'm just wondering what that is like to be, <laughs> to be on a plane. I mean, the rivalry between Team USA and Team Canada – and you're on this plane, then there's USA guys and a couple of Team Canada guys. What, what's that like on the long flight home? Yeah, that was wild. I'm not going to lie, it was wild. Um, and it was funny because I had never met Jamie, or I had met him, but like I didn't know him. Um, and it was me, Arthur Kaliev, Alex Turcott, and we had just won. So we were pretty much like partying at the <laughs> hotel the whole night. And our flight was really early. Like we were out of the hotel at like six. So we kind of just rolled from like, our like party hotel room <laughs> right out the lobby, right onto the plane. And we were having a great time and they were 
obviously the opposite, but um, it was an interesting hour and a half to hour flight. That's for sure. No kidding. Are you at the point? Like, how long did it take after that for you to be able to openly gloat and celebrate that around or, or was it immediate? Did it begin immediately or did you have to just let it breathe right away? Immediately. No grace period. No, give them a week I, to I lick think the I wore wounds. I my medal on the plane home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I was talking to Dallas Aikens about you, Trevor. One of the things he said about you, lots of complimentary things, by the way. One of the things that he said to me is, you're the most verbal player that he's ever coached before. What he means by that is that, I mean, you say what's on your mind and you, and you, you know, if something comes to mind, you say it, you talk lots that you're somebody that loves to communicate a lot. Would you, would you agree with that? And, and where do you think that comes from in your life? How did you get to be that way? Oh, gee, I don't know. Um, I, I think I, like you said, like anything that comes to my mind, I just say it. There's not like a whole lot of buffer that, that goes on. And um, sometimes I got to check myself, but most of the time it's more just things I'm thinking, things I'm seeing out there. And, um, I don't know. People don't usually take it too serious. Um, the little stuff, uh, just because I'm usually talking about plays D zone, like ozone face offs, like all that type of stuff. And, um, I don't know. I just feel like that helps me a lot. Um, uh, just to like speak what I'm thinking and not like keeping it inside, I guess, uh, to say, but, um, I don't know. Just I've always been like that. And I've never been afraid to, I guess, speak on the match or on the ice <laughs> now you were you were on the cover of ea nhl 23 uh, with sarah nurse mm -hmm. um yep. I, I i can fill you in on something trevor i was pretty good at ea 93 and ea 94 <laughs> in my university years. Sakes. It, it looked a little different than uh wow. in the game they have today but um but you were pretty pumped about that right i was talking to someone that said you were pretty excited that that they chose you for that yeah i loved uh I pretty much grew up on that game, honestly. Like, I don't know, might hockey, like going to having sleepovers with your buddies, grab a couple controllers, play that game kind of all night, and um, play with my pops, my cousins. So I guess to kind of have the chance to be on that cover um, was pretty special, honestly. So something I had to do, for sure. Yeah, pretty cool. When you were playing, do you recall, like I remember when I played, I wasn't, I'm not quite as, uh, not quite as far back Be as careful. Pierre there, but the, the, the I remember the guys, some of the guys when I played the game, like Ty Domi was unreal in the video game for whatever reason. Like who was the guy you loved to play with or that you thought was just, you know, super high end that you always had to be that group, that team? Kaner. Kaner, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kaner. I was always the Blackhawks growing up. Yeah, and would you lock your position and always play as him or did you, did you switch no. around? But I'd usually he'd usually be on the first line, so I'd run the first line for half the period, call a timeout, and just keep his line out there for the whole game. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's kind of how he plays some nights, I guess. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now, do you when you play now when you have time? I mean, are you, do you always make sure you're the Ducks and you're Trevor Zegers? How does it work? I mean, you're allowed to say or who who am I, who do I play as now? Sorry. Yeah, who, like who? Oh, McDavid. Who, I mean, I assume you play you, but <laughs> McDavid. <laughs> yeah really yeah. like like playing as connor is he yeah. i haven't played it yet this year a, so yeah, i imagine he's good in the game yeah like a cheat code yeah he's like yeah. a cheat code yeah that's funny that's good stuff i always oh, wanted yeah. to ask you about oh, that God. uh that uh the all-star goal that you scored with the blindfold on i watched the video a couple of times 
I examined the fabric that went around your eyes. I, I looked at it skeptically. I looked at it, you know, a few different ways, a few different times. You were fully, fully blindfolded in that situation, correct? Like, couldn't see out underneath a little bit? Because it's mind-blowing to me the way you were able to handle it and pick that corner fully blindfolded. Yeah, well, the way it was supposed to work um, was I was supposed to be able to see, like, kind of out the bottom. But, okay. like, Gibby had never practiced putting it on me before. So if you watch, he like double flapped it. So I couldn't see anything. Right. <laughs> so I was like freaking out, like talking to him. Like, dude, like I can't see. And he tightens it and then just skates away. So <laughs> I'm like going down and I'm just like, oh my God, like I hope I'm like in the right spot. And lucky enough, it worked. So it was pretty funny. Like you, you could have just thrown that thing up into the crowd for how disoriented you must have been. Like you, you were, are you surprised you were able to snipe that the way you were? I practiced it a couple times in the morning, so I had an idea of what I was going to do. And um, the ice was great, and I had a whatever fresh tape job. So I don't know. I feel like I could. I don't know. I was I was confident in doing it, so I just went in and put I guess put all my marbles in one basket and it worked out. So yeah. I was happy. Yeah, it did. Right now, I can tell you one. You got a big fan in my house. Uh, my oldest daughter is a huge Trevor Zegers fan, but she noted to me before the season that you changed your number. And she was very curious to know why you changed your number. So I'm now asking the question on her behalf. Why did you go from 46 to 11? Yeah. So uh, growing up, I always wore number 11, whether it was mites, juniors, prep school. Um, I tried to stick with the same number. And growing up, I was a Ranger fan. And obviously, Messier won the cup at the Rangers. So that was mm-hmm. something pretty cool, I guess, in my household. And, um, I don't know. When I got to Anaheim, I was like, I think I was like number 52. And then we traded for somebody who wanted 52. So then they moved me to 46. <laughs> and then I oh. never really had any say. So um, when they asked me this year, I was pumped to kind of go back to the number that I guess it all started with. And um, I don't know. I've always just liked 11. A lot yeah, of guys, they get they get handed those rookie numbers, hey, and there's just not much you can do about it. Yeah, nothing. We had no say. <laughs> <laughs> me and Drysdale. Drysdale, I think, was wearing 34 last year. And, so he got the switch, obviously. So, yeah, right on. Okay, our uh, our signal is a little bit dicey, but I wanted to do a little bit of rapid fire with you, if that's okay. So I'm gonna uh, I'll throw questions at you, just uh, whatever answer pops into your mind. Okay, you good to go with that? Yep. Okay, this is getting to know uh, Trevor Zegers via rapid fire. Here we go. Question one: Toast or cereal? Cereal. What'd you have today? What's up? What did you have today? Um, I had an omelet this morning. Oh, not bad. Did you do your dishes? No. <laughs> They're sitting in the sink right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, driving into the rink, tunes or talk radio? Tunes. Nice. Favorite TV show? You can't ask me that. I'm a big TV guy. I'd probably say all-time Game of Thrones. Yeah. Nice. Entourage. Have you watched House of the Dragon yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. Unbelievable. Like, might have been as good or better than Game of Thrones. Would, yeah, can I but say the, that? Next, the next season's not come out for like two years. I know. I was wondering I about that. The way it ends, especially. Yeah. Oh, no. so devastating. Fantastic. So good, though. All right, we're getting sidetracked. This isn't going quick enough. Uh, if you did not play hockey, you would be... Oh, God. (laughs) 
feel like you want to pass? I don't know, honestly. I've okay. only ever played hockey my whole life. Maybe lacrosse. <laughs> I played lacrosse a little bit growing up, so I guess that maybe would be- an. Maybe an actor. I see. I see a few of you guys are on the Mighty Ducks uh, game changers here. How'd you like that? Yeah, I'd be an actor. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, one line. Oh, yeah, there you go. Cool. All right. Next question. Uh, what annoys you? What annoys me? Um, so many things. Anything that Jamie's doing, <laughs> eating, talking. <laughs> the TV's too loud. He's playing video games while I'm sleeping. You're about to be doing his laundry for the next three months, buddy. You better get over that pretty fast here. Uh, one candy and only one candy for the rest of your life. What do you What do you pick? Reese's peanut butter cups. Good, solid choice. If, uh, walk on the beach or go jump in the water? Walk on the beach. Oh. Uh, one thing your brother regularly beats you at? Um, he's like a... MMA, jujitsu, Muay Thai guy. So I'd probably just say like oh. anything like in the regards of like messing around, <laughs> fighting, wrestling, you know, I guess normal sibling stuff. Any sort of physical altercation stuff you want no part of with him? No part of. Uh, <laughs> sneaky, toughest guy on your team that nobody knows about. Sneaky, tough guy. Troy Terry. Very good. And finally, if you could steal one thing from a teammate, anything at all, what would it be and who from? It could be a trait, skill. I'm going to go with Adam Henrique's facial hair. <laughs> Very good. I don't know if we'll that's get... a skill or just getting old, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A mustache in like two days. Really? I've never seen anything like it before in my life. What's your what what do you have going on there? How do you do with the uh with it? With my facial hair? Yeah. I got a little Movember going, if you can tell in the bit. light. <laughs> uh, nice right on hey listen uh really appreciate you doing this trevor uh i know you guys are busy but uh good luck the rest of the way and uh hopefully we'll have you back on again sometime soon awesome thanks guys appreciate it All right, folks, that's going to wrap up the podcast. A big thanks to Trevor Zegers for joining us here on Got Your Back NHL Edition this week. Big thanks to you for your downloads and your subscriptions as well. Thanks to our sponsors, Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, Pro Hockey Life, and Liberty Smart Security. Hey, if you get a chance, leave us a review over on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. We'd love to know how you're feeling about the podcast, the content, the guests, the conversation, good, bad, or indifferent. We want to hear from you. Our DMs are also open. Thanks for your subscriptions, your downloads, and your support. Have yourselves a fantastic rest of your week and a terrific Wednesday. Cheers, folks.